listening to the Mark and Mitch Podcast. The Mark and Mitch Podcast. With Mark Stevens and Mitch Kelly. Show number one. Can you believe this, pal? Uh, so far, so good. Yeah? The preview was good. We're still on there. Yeah, we did uh, <laughs> what, about six to seven minutes on it and just kind of yeah. rattled on a little bit, had some fun, and said, you know what? I think we're going to renew it for a season, and we'll see how it goes. Hey, the TV shows aren't coming out. We might as well do this. There's nothing new that's going to be made. I'm still waiting for the cliffhanger of The Walking Dead, which was 15 episodes in when, you know, the world started to end. Right. So ironically, a show about the end of the world had to take a break because, you know, social distancing you can't do with zombies. What was that other show you were watching when we were doing Moines? Jericho? Jericho was terrific. Did that ever have an ending that ended? Yeah, it had a it had a terrible ending. Oh, you could tell they had to do. They got a second season because there was some kind of mail in protest to it. So CBS didn't have anything to do in the summer. They said, "Yeah, go ahead and film seven episodes." So the kid ends up, and I'm sure I'm not spoiling this. There'll be one person who's watching Jericho. Hey, you spoiled everything. But what happens? The the kid knew how to fly because he was in the military and ends up, you know, saving the world from the people who had the nukes. Did it in 45 minutes and looked great doing it. It was on the CBS app. I was going to watch that, but I guess not now. I saved you a lot of time, pal. <laughs> a lot of time. And, and you know, and, and it's funny is I, I always tell people that uh, that talk about The Sopranos is that we were actually supposed to be on the last episode of The Sopranos, and nobody believes me. We were supposed to be on there. That was the truth. I think we were supposed to talk about what the weather was going to be like, or we were going to be the background noise. Yeah, we, we were we were the guys they were listening to as they were driving. We, we were on the radio as they were driving through Las Vegas or something? Something like that, yeah. And and I I can say I've never watched the show, and after what they did to us, I'm glad I haven't. But I think it has something to do with that. They were heading heading into town, but I don't know the manner of business yeah. that they were doing. I, I never watched. We got whacked. That's all I know. Yeah. Hey, we got whacked. That was it. So anyway, how long has this been? Has it been 12 years? Has it been 13 years? When the hell? When did this all end? Well, I can tell you the exact date, pal, because it, all right. uh, it's one of these things you're I'll like, never forget. You're like Bob Bishop. You can you know those dates. Well, I we have not done a show together since Monday, December 3rd of 2007. Wow. I was thinking it was 2008, but okay. No. All right. So 2000, it's 2007. It's, it's almost 13 years then. Yeah. You still sound good, pal. Still oh, sound so, like you did many, 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 many years ago. So do you. Yeah, thanks. So do you. So, so here's so here's what people want to know. What happened to you guys? What what was the reason? What what happened? Who did you who did you piss off, Mitch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, it's frustrating for listeners because one day you're there, one day you're not. Right. And you, the people who are there at the radio station can never turn on the microphone and say, well, here's why Mitch Kelly isn't here today, or here's why Mark Stevens isn't here today, because people would go nuts. Right, and I was so, told, and, and you know this too, do not, tell, do not even mention Mitch on the air. Mm-hmm. If anybody calls, just he's no longer with the station. Right, we're just gone. And yeah. that frustrates the listener, I think, more than you just being honest with them. Because I think sometimes most people would think, okay, it's a business decision. They just decided to do, um, in this case, you know, a really, really bad one. I, I would say but so, yeah. it happens in radio all the time. I'm sure as we're doing this now and people are listening, somebody's in an office right now with the boss and the human resources director getting a packet of stuff to take with them <laughs> as they're marched out the door. There's your box. Fill it up. You're out right. of here. Well, what happened, you know, we had done a show together. How long had we been a team 
before December 3rd. It had been about a year and a half, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, I think it was close to two years, yeah. But you had worked at 95.5, because when I first got there in 1995, you were the midday person there. And how long had you been there before you left Las Vegas initially? Uh I, w- I originally started there uh, in 1989, December of 89, when it was still an adult contemporary station. Was it K-Winner? Yeah. Okay. It was, it was the winner. Had a Vegas thing to it. Yeah. And, uh, and, there, and there were five AC stations, adult contemporary stations, in the market, and they just weren't cutting it. So they decided to, you know, back then KFM was the big country station in town and i mean they were they were huge i mean they'd right. been there forever and they were huge and they decided to go after them and that's what they did and they did succeed on that but uh yeah i remember um that you were you, still one of the funniest stories you like to tell uh when uh i guess i had uh said a few things to the uh so the boss to the program director who we won't mention his name because he might be listening um and uh, apparently you were living like in those apartments right next door yeah, and you got that was a, that was a strategic decision to live yeah. right next door to the radio station in spite of what the neighborhood was like and uh in case anybody is wondering the the radio station used to be located on on Tropicana and Tamaris and there were those big uh, office buildings across the street they were owned by Evil Knievel Oh, I didn't know that and so we used to just kind of watch out the window waiting for Evil Knievel to show up which was kind of cool to see <laughs> Anyway, I get off the topic. That's a very here. Vegas thing. Yeah. Anyway, it was a, it was an after. It was I think it was a right in the middle of the day. Apparently, you got a call and said, "Come in, come in and see me, and don't stop in anywhere." No, it was it wasn't even come in and see me. Oh, it was you know because I'd I'd sit at home in the apartment. I didn't have another job at the time, so what I would do would be waiting for a call, maybe to fill in. And the phone rang, and I jumped on it. And the boss said, "Here's what I want you to do. I want you to come into the radio station." And just walk in the studio. Don't come see me. Just go in. You're doing middays today. I'm like, okay. Sounds good to me. And the midday shift was great. I think the midday shift was what, 10 to 2? Uh, 10 to 3. 10 to 3. 3 and, yeah. and, then it, and then I think they moved it to 9 to 2. I don't remember what it was at that point. But when it first started, it was you know 10 to 3. It was right. terrific. Perfect hours for me. So bankers, said, those were bankers hours. I said, okay. So I, I walked in the studio, and his office was... On my way in. So I had good peripheral vision at the time, and I could see that, you know, there was there was something going on in there. <laughs> that He wasn't all that happy with whatever you did I don't remember. didn't do. I don't remember what it was. I mean, who knows? Who knows what it was? But no, uh, you, had, you had a way of getting under no. people's, you know, this is it, probably not now. We've all softened a bit, but... Back in the day, you may have had a way of getting under people's skin no. to a certain certain point where you were physically dragged from the studio, <laughs> and I was there to seize every opportunity. <laughs> so when opportunity knocked, I went walking in. I didn't I didn't stop in the boss's office to talk about it. I went in there and and did my thing. I don't remember what I did. I don't remember what I said. I think it was a two day suspension I got, but the best part it was it, it was with pay. <laughs> yeah, those those are what we all dream about. You know, vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, that was that was one of the opportunities that I that I seized, and then there was another one. We had an afternoon guy who had some health problems. And oh so yeah, I worked, yeah, yeah. And I worked afternoon drive there for a little while, so it gave me a chance. Even though I was a weekender and I only worked, you know, Saturday nights and Sunday afternoons, gave me the opportunity to 
you know, make friends with the people who were there during the week. Because I would, you know, living next door, what else am I going to do during the day? I just kind of wandered over there and, you know, did what I needed to do, whether it was, you know, make some commercials or run and get some takeout food, which I did for you on more than more than a few occasions. Loved and lunch. getting to know some of the people who were there at the station. So anyway, let's go back to uh, let's go back to how this whole morning thing, what happened here. Okay, well, we had worked together for about a year and a half, and I thought things were going great. Uh, we had recently had a new addition to the morning show, a young mm-hmm. lady that was brought mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. And I, I, to this day, I'm not sure why she was brought in. And I won't say anything negative about her, not because there were negative things to say, but because she was always very nice to me. And she was very, what we call, green in the business, did not have a lot of experience. But when you had the rhythm that we developed over years as being not just you know morning show partners, but as friends, then you bring in somebody who is a stranger to both of us and was brought in by management, and now you you have to, in a way, accommodate her. You have to bring her into the show so she's not way out there in left field. You have to make her a part of it. And I remember that being very difficult to do. I mean, there were a lot of changes, too. I mean, physically, remember we had to swap studios because oh, we yeah, needed the bigger that. studio? And it wasn't, just, it wasn't just the studio, but it was a change in the way that we – delivered the show as well there was then an emphasis on you know more music i remember the phrase less is more yeah being used a lot which never made sense to me but if you had if you were doing some breaks or some bits you really had to watch your timing on it some breaks some bits would last you know five six seven minutes and these breaks would be listened to and they'd say no we need you to go down to two minutes for that so it was almost like you were working with an egg timer after a while so not only did you have to kind of make sure that your brakes were nice and nice and tight and all that, but you also had to incorporate a third person that we never really got familiar with. Right. And the other thing at that point was the Internet was a big thing then, and it was like, you know, you can do 10 minutes, but just do two minutes on the air and put the rest of it, the other eight minutes, online so people can listen online. It's like, why? This was the beginning <laughs> of sending people right. somewhere else to get what right. they had right there. It right. always drives me nuts when people say, and, you know, we might drop this in, you know, for more information, go to our website, or for more information, go here. We have you right here. If we have more information, we're going to give it to you, or we should give it to you. Right. But you're right. That's when the Internet really started to take off. But I thought the show was still doing pretty well, and I had no idea it was coming. But uh, it was late on a Monday morning, uh, late in the show, about 930, and we were just kind of talking, hanging out. And our program director at the time, that's the boss of the radio station, comes in and says, Mitch, can I talk to you for a minute? And he didn't have a very happy look on his face. And I thought, well, this is kind of odd. Why can't he just talk to me at 10 o'clock when the show's done? So we walked down the hallway, and as we're walking down the hallway, you've taken this walk before. It, mm-hmm. it really starts to get, it's like you're walking in mud. It's like, and, the, green, it's like the movie The Green Mile. Yeah, it's exactly When you're walking like down, that. That, down that hallway. Yeah. Each step gets heavier to take. And so we went down into the corner office, and the general manager was there along with the uh, human resources person. Oh, yeah, that's when you know it's trouble. You never want to have a meeting where human resources is involved. No. And they said, well, the program director spoke at first and said that we're going to go in a different direction. And that direction was without me. And I thought the direction that the show was going was fine because we were really successful ratings-wise. But the program director who let me go was relatively new, and decided that he, that I was the weak link in the show. And in spite of me being there for 12 years, he said, 
you know, we're going to go somewhere else. And then he left. And I was left with the general manager and the human resources person who I had known for years well before the program director. <laughs> and you could just yeah. you could just tell from the looks in there. They couldn't say it, but you could just tell that they thought, we're not really on board with this, but right. it's his decision to make, and we have to go along with it. And here's your stuff, and thanks for what you did. <laughs> and perhaps the saddest part of this is that you get the image of people when they're walking out carrying a box full of stuff. I had been there 12 years, and I had nothing to take with me. You didn't have anything to take? I didn't take anything but what I had brought in the morning. I wow. had my headphones, and I might have had one or two other small little knickknacks that well, I... Well, we didn't have an office. We didn't have an office. We had one of those little cubicle with a drawer things. Mm-hmm. That was all yeah, we had. I had, I had kind of a, I had a workstation. I didn't have yeah. a cubicle. I didn't have walls on either side. I had a workstation. I sat on the... If you were standing right in front of it, I had a far left station, and then there were like four or five other places where chairs and computers were. Yeah, we used to have uh, lockers, like uh, you know, like sports lockers, which, if you remember, we used to play bottle on locker. I remember bottle on locker. Yeah, we did a lot of damage to, to those. Oh, a lot of damage. Maybe that's why the PD <laughs> called in. He was probably he was probably tired of you hitting the back wall. Was, and there was also a uh, a bullet hole in the uh, in the side of that. From uh, well, from it was Tropicana night. East of Maryland yeah. Parkway. <laughs> Well, so it did come through that window one night. Not uncommon. <laughs> well, but yeah, so so I, I left and I went home. And my biggest concern as I was heading out was, what am I going to tell my wife? What am I going to tell my my mom and dad? Because my mom and dad thought it was such a kick that I was doing a radio show. And they would go, they love country music. And they would go to all these shows. And they're big fans of yours. Oh. Uh, my dad, to this day, just about weekly, asks what you're up to. So he's getting a kick out of the fact that we're doing this. Loved your mom. And that was, my, that was my big concern at the time, is how am I going to tell everybody that it's going to be okay when I don't know for sure if it's going to be okay? And well, then, I went out and got, then I went out and got really hammered. It's funny that, that every time... There would be a meeting if we got called into a meeting because we were, I think we had, didn't we have morning show meetings every day? It was twice a week. Okay, but then eventually it became every, maybe it was every Okay, well, I wasn't was there day. for the okay. everyday ones. I know it was Tuesday and well, Thursday. All right, well, I'm, I remember every time we'd go in one of those meetings, you'd always say, "Looks, pal, I think today's the day we're out of here. Pal, I think today's, today's the day that they're going to can me. And the day that uh, the day that you got called into that, you know, uh, Mitch, can I talk to you? I mm-hmm. think you, you turned to me and said, oh, I think today's the day, pal. And I was like, get out of here. And then you came back down and said, well, that's it. I'm out of here. And I was like, ah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you had no idea it was coming. It wasn't. What, what do I do some, now? Some people, you know, that I talked to after I left the building there, they thought that you might have been in on it. And I had to go tell people, I said, Mark, he never knew it was coming. He was just as shocked, if not more so than me. Because when you when you work in radio, I mean, every day you read stories about people getting fired. And you know when you get into the business, this can happen to you at a moment's notice. This isn't government work. You can get fired, uh, you know, especially now in today's sensitive times. Right. It's not going to take a lot for somebody to show you the door. So you had nothing to do with it in any way whatsoever. No, I... <laughs> It was just, it was one of those helpless feelings, you know, mm-hmm. so, but. So that's what, that's what happened to me. Right. That's why I was no longer there. They just, they brought me in and put a, put a gun to my head and fired. And that was, that was that quick and easy. And that was, 
That was 12 years at 95.5 done just like that. Well, I had the uh, I had the same experience. What was that? A, uh, that was 2007. So mine was like two years after that. Mm-hmm. And it was you and you and the young lady. And man, that was a long two years. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know if you were jealous of my situation that I was no longer there, but I could tell from from the tones when we would send messages or talk that you know things weren't it <laughs> well, wasn't exactly paradise to go in every day because well, like I said she was she was still really new to the business. Yeah, I mean the thing the thing with with you and I when when we work together it's not really work and we have been friends for what 30 years i mean it's been mm-hmm. a long long time long time i mean we used to do you know football games together at, you know at the, at the house and you you would you'd kick us out of the house well, that's that's a story for another time when you <laughs> when you kicked us out and took our sodas and told us to go home that's a story for another that wasn't the time an- you wasn't the time you dropped the pizza sauce on the table but the glass wasn't in the table was it no that no, was that was, that was something else was there a was a time where you kicked us out and there was a time where you held a knife to my throat uh, again this, you know what you have no this, proof of that that's just that's made up i can bring in somebody else who was there i can bring in somebody to corroborate it I mean, we could do a full show uh, on, uh, on on the, Sunday on the football knife? parties at, yeah. at your house. Well, anyway, yeah, but uh, but yeah, it was a it was a very uh, a very long two years, and it happened the same way with me. I got I got this uh, I got this uh, this call. Yeah, can you come up and see me in my office? I go upstairs. Yeah, we need to go uh, next door for uh, just a minute, and of course, you know, next door is. Is the general manager, and uh-huh. you walk in the door, and she's sitting there, and the HR person is sitting there, and the operations guy is sitting there, and you go, eh, eh. Well, they, they really, they yeah. really brought out the oh, brass yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, they were, they were ready. I think they had stun guns just in case I was going to go off the wall or something. I just kind of. Did they laughed have the them. typical cliches? Oh yeah, I even had. I got tears. Did you? Did you get tears? Uh, you I may don't have. Think I don't think I did. I got, I got some. Got, I got some tears. I got some doe eyes, and I got you know a pat on the knee. Yeah, but I don't think I got any tears from it. Well, the long, sto- the short story about the whole thing is that I don't think any of those people even work there anymore. Nobody yeah, is there anymore. Everybody that worked there on December third, two thousand seven, either by their own hand or the hand of the corner office, is gone from that building. Yeah, every on-air person no longer there. Then and they've all they've all had long. that long walk themselves. So everybody's everybody's done it. Yeah, I mean, if you've been in radio long enough, everybody's got a "Here's how I got canned" story. Yeah. So there you go. We've uh, we've spent the first part of show number one telling you what happened, and it's like not a big deal. So it's like we're back together, and well, nobody nobody cares. So it's not a big deal. <laughs> I'd like to think I'd like to think somebody cares. I know my dad cares. There's one guy fifteen hundred miles away who wants to hear the show but has no idea how. You know, he kind of knows what a podcast is, but there's no way he's able to actually get. Oh, it. you know what? He'll figure it out. Well, I'll play it off my phone. He'll if I have to, if I have to put my uh, my phone, you know, up to his and play back some of the segments here, that's what I'll do. He'll figure it out. So, yeah. so you got you got out of there, and then you eventually landed uh, doing some other stuff. You were you were doing some more news, right? Well, th- what they did was they they had me in a non compete. Oh, one of those contract things. language, yeah, which was. Which was odd because you get a severance when you get uh, let go, generally. And my severance was for a certain amount of time, but my non-compete was for a time that was twice as long. Huh. So, and hey, I put my name to the deal, so there's nobody I can blame for it but me. And I, I even remember asking the, the general manager after the 
PD walked away after letting me go. I said, well, am I a liability or a threat? Because here you are firing me, but yet you're having me do a non-compete where I couldn't work in any station around Las Vegas for six months. Mm -hmm. And that was was, uh, met with a shoulder shrug. So after the non-compete went away, I thought I could easily go to the competing country station, who we would consistently... You know, do better at in the ratings. Hey, right. who wouldn't love to have a guy from the from the place that would always would always beat them? Well, that right. that didn't turn out to to be. Maybe I was a little too cocky about that. <laughs> but their PD, I had lunch with him, and he said, you know, we're real familiar with your work, and you think I think you'd fit in really great here, but we just don't have room for you. I don't take up much room. I had a little cubicle in a drawer. I don't take up much room. You'd be amazed at what I can do with as little room as I need. <laughs> but thankfully now, and this is the good part of, you know, radio being where there's, you know, five, six, seven stations in one building. It used to be just one station here and one station there, which I'm sure, you know, back when you used to work, that was great. Mm-hmm. But there were, I think, six other stations in this other building and the program director of what was the is the news talk station there said, well, if he doesn't want him, I'll take him. So I ended up kind of segueing into news talk, doing some news and doing a lot of traffic reporting for 10 years, which was terrific. Yeah. Really cut down on the meetings. Well, there you go. There's the Mitch Kelly story and what's happened to him. Yeah. The Mark and Mitch Podcast. I don't know if mine's crazier than yours or not. Well, yours uh, involves a move, though. Well, mine involves a move, a divorce, um, loss of a cat. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to have to dedicate a whole show to yours then. Well, how many how many places did you go to after Vegas? Um, uh, well, just I moved I moved back to Illinois. I didn't ha- I didn't have a non compete. I didn't even have a contract because the contracts uh, they didn't renew any contracts. That was their big thing. They weren't renewing contracts, right. but they uh, but they didn't. Uh, but I had no non compete, so I could you know go anywhere. But it turns out then that uh, I ended up getting divorced just before. I was fired. Oh, jeez. Um, let's see. Oh, mom died. Then I got oh. divorced. Um, and then I decided to uh, move back to Illinois, and I moved to Peoria. I was supposed to move to Bloomington, and uh, they decided that they were going to put me in Peoria, which was a, a bigger market. Now, who is they? Um, the uh, the current company that I'm with now. Okay. Yeah. So you reached out. I mean, they when when you were you know left on the beach by the old place, you right. went looking for gigs. Did you look specifically in Illinois because that's where you're from? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I was okay. looking. I was looking to go back there, and I wanted to spend four years there. I I actually got back together with my uh, my girlfriend uh, who we had been friends forever uh, back in high school, and we reconnected on on Facebook after uh, my divorce. She went through a divorce. And so we reconnected, and her daughter was uh, still had to graduate high school, and then she was going to go to college in Southern Illinois, and so she didn't want to leave Illinois. So I said, "All right, I'll come back to Illinois. I don't want to come back there." But (laughs) so uh, I said, "But I'm but four years, right?" And she said, "Yeah, four years." And it was four years. That that's how long we were there. Um, but um. So I went back there and I did started to do afternoons and then they moved me to mid or moved me to mornings and then uh, it was just a bunch of moving back and forth and did you like being there? <clears throat> um, Besides reconnecting with the former girlfriend, did you like being back in Illinois? 
uh, I didn't like being back in Illinois. It was nice to be able to, you know, I was only three hours from two and a half hours from Chicago. So I was able to see a bunch of friends, go and eat a bunch of good food again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and, and see people that I hadn't seen, see relatives and stuff again. I could, I could do that, which was nice. Uh, but, uh, but I hated living in, in Illinois. I mean, you're paying more money in taxes and it's sure. just, oh, yeah. it, you know, it was, it was crazy. So, uh, so anyway, she, uh, so that my girlfriend, she got her master's degree and, uh, she's doing this computer stuff, all this, whatever she's doing and proves how much I'm into what she's doing. <laughs> um, just kidding. Uh, so she, she got her degree and the next thing you know, she gets flooded with a bunch of, you know, people that want to come and hire her. And one of the big jobs that she was offered was in Dallas. Well, she's got a son that lives in Dallas. And so she decided, well, you know, he's he's getting married and there's probably going to be a grandkid involved in this. So, you know, let's let's move to Dallas. And I'm like, all right, let's go. All I heard was there's going to be a grandkid involved in this. Well, she you know, she figured, you know, he's going to get married. He's going to have a baby. So there's going to be a grandkid, grandkid, Mm, which, by the way, there is. And Jake turns two. So hi, Jake. About that. That's right. He uh they we were going through uh, they were going through different things uh Sonia my girlfriend she was like so um she doesn't want to be called grandma she's trying to come up with different names and i said i uh-huh. just want to be called grandpappy g dog is that working yet no he calls me fat mark i don't get it it's weird <laughs> <laughs> Boy, kids have a lot less respect these days, don't Actually, they? Actually, he doesn't even speak. I don't even. He doesn't speak English. He speaks Jacanese. I don't even know what what he's saying. <laughs> but he talks up a storm. But I don't know what he's talking about. Oh, that's great. But uh, yeah, so uh, so that's when we moved to uh, to Dallas, and uh, I spent about a year here because uh, it was during the time where I had a job lined up here, moved here, and two weeks into it, I'm doing the training, going through all the stuff, and they have budget cutbacks, and they cut it. They cut the jobs. Mm-hmm. And so I sat without a job for about a year. Oh my God! But oh, yeah, uh, sure. but then things changed around back again, and so I'm I'm working again, which is which is cool. But uh, but we caught up. Uh, you and I caught up over the years a few different times. We met. Uh, let's see, it was Christmas time in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, snowed um, like crazy that it day. Was, man, it was snowing like. I mean, we we had to get on an airplane that night too. No, it was a little little Christmas Eve. We met at a you know a little micro brewery, I think. Yep. Lakefront. Met uh, met Sonia, who's lovely, and yeah. her uh, her son was there, who's um, living and working in Milwaukee. He had right. a terrific time. Yeah, he's a pharmacist in Milwaukee. Yeah, and uh, it's and a then, good job to have there. He probably knows my dad. <laughs> I I think I've asked him. I don't know. My dad was very Hippolaw. impressed that I have a connection in the drug business. Says I can't tell you it's a HIPAA law. So uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we also met in uh, Las Vegas one fall. Uh, Sonia and the same son. Uh, they wanted to go to uh, hike the Grand Canyon, do the rim to rim tour. And I said, Yeah, well, uh, you know what? I can drive you because I'm not hiking. That doesn't sound like something that would be no. uh, attractive to you. No. So I had uh, I drove them. We flew into to Las Vegas and drove. I drove them to the I don't remember the South Rim. Dropped mm-hmm. them off, and then I drove back to Las Vegas and gambled for three days and picked them up on the north side. Is that the yeah, north? I the north you... room is that the Flagstaff one? Yeah, yeah I think that's, yeah, that's right. Okay, that's good. correct. I remember you having a heartbreaking um, football wagering loss. I oh think the Bears Seahawks game was on. Yeah, and we were all there for that. When it was, we used to have this little club that we called the uh, the Loop. That's right. And we would uh, all get together, and it was it was you, and it was me, and it was Bob Bishop, it was Lee mm-hmm. Millard. Right. And uh, and we would always get together on Sundays. And uh, and if it was at my house, you know, I always we supplied food and drinks and you had to have an active 
bet ticket, a sporting ticket to, to get in. You had to have an active ticket, and I thought that you also had to bring, at the very least, a two-liter of Diet Coke <laughs> to get in. That's and what was, Bishop told me anyway. I was that so I had, ad- he goes, he goes, you're not just bringing a betting slip, are you? I said, well, that's what I need to get in, right? He goes, you got to bring some food or drink, or he's not going to let you in. I was so addicted to Diet Coke back then. Diet man. Coke. I always brought I'm a two-liter of Diet Coke. And uh, another rule at your house, you don't take the food home. Oh, whatever, no, you, whatever you bring stays there. So I, I had to make I had to make sure I knew what you liked. You know, I didn't yeah. bring pork rinds or anything like that. I had to make sure that, you know, the snacks that I brought were high quality snacks so that I'd be invited back the next week. And they were always the good snacks. Yeah, well, of course they were. Always I put, the good a, lot of, put a lot of studying snacks. into it. But uh, but we got back together in in Las Vegas. In fact, I was staying at uh, the old Hilton, which is now the what's the name it's of that? The Westgate now. Westgate, okay. It's the old Elvis Hilton. I know that. Right. I'm right across from the uh, convention center. And I was staying there, and you know they still got the super book, so it was the four of us that all met back up again there. And it was, uh, it was funny because it was a Bears, Bears game, and I can't remember who they were playing. They were playing the Seahawks there. Ah, okay. And, uh, and yeah, I, uh, I put another big bet on that. I lost that. Mm-hmm. Wasn't having a good time on that one. Yeah. But then after I went and picked them back up, she must have been my good luck charm because then I started hitting. I hit a, a Royal on a machine. I hit Deuces on a machine. Uh, I think I won $600 shooting craps. And this so, was all after she got back. Yeah, I walked. I came home with, I think, $4,000 that from that, that trip. I've never come home with money from Las Vegas. No, you never have. No. And it doesn't matter if you drove up the street to a place. You never came home with money no. and then drove home. So I think she is your good luck charm. So, yeah. But you anyway, told her that I hope I I think I did, and then okay. she said, "Well, and then uh, when we took that money and we went on a trip, I think we went to uh, Iceland and um, Ireland." No kidding. Yeah, went to Iceland and Ireland. Okay, but I we thought maybe it's a good luck charm. She takes a seventy-five percent cut of your winnings because she wouldn't have won it without That's her. That's the vig, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, pal, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. Show number one is uh, is in the books, as we'll call it. Boy, that went quick. Well, we're just getting warmed up here. It's not just going to be us, you know, rapping like this every show, even though that's wildly entertaining. We're we're going to have we're going to have some special guests from time to time. We're going to have uh, names from the past that we worked with uh, in the good old days of ninety five five. Yep. In fact, uh, I talked to one of them, who is uh, really really excited about doing this. Good. I mean, he was. I think he was he was a little bit concerned it was going to be on uh, it was going to be video, and I said no, it's not video, and he was okay. That's good. And we're so. not going to make him do anything dangerous. Uh-oh. There's a tip. Well, There's a maybe, hint right uh, there. Maybe, maybe is. not. I don't know. He we'll may see. do something dangerous. We will see. All right, pal. Well, we'll be back again for a show number two. It should be back out in a week. I don't know. See, these are all new to me. I don't know how quick these actually come out and turn around, but you can always listen. Uh, oh, by the way, yeah, don't forget to check out our website, markandmitch.com. It's a great website. Nothing for sale on there. Well, nothing yet, anyway. <laughs> no, We've got to get got to get the T-shirts designed first. Yeah. But uh, there's a there's you can go to find the links if you missed the preview show. You can go on there and click on that. It'll take you to that. Uh, there's also an Ask Mark and Mitch page where you can go and send us a, a message. Uh, you, maybe you got a question, a comment. Uh, you know, you guys talk too much, play some music. You know, what, right. the same kind of comments we always used to hear. Right. And you know, considering the times we live in now, I. I never leave the house. So if you want to do another one of these in three hours, I'm, I'm game for it. Just give me a ring and let me know. <laughs> All right, pal. All right, pal. Be sure to check back again soon for the next episode of the Mark and Mitch podcast.